Ahead of the 2016 presidential election, Russian hackers released stolen emails from Hillary Clinton's campaign chair, disrupting the entire process. So what are social networks doing to avoid a repeat? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is our privacy and cybersecurity expert, Alfred Ng. Welcome, Alfred. Hi, thanks for having me. We are less than a month away from Election Day, and we're all on pins and needles about potential misinformation campaigns, particularly from leaked information. What are the social networks doing about this? So it's not like, you know, all of a sudden, last minute, they're saying, oh, we got to stop this. Um, I think since 2016, they've been doing a lot um, to prevent the leaking end of these hack and leak operations uh, that happened in 2016. So, you know, about every month or so, Facebook will put out these these takedown uh, reports. Same thing with uh, Twitter, where they'll say, you know, we found these campaigns and we, you know, banned them because we knew that they were inauthentic behavior from Russia or China or Iran. And the the reports are always kind of lackluster, right? You see them and they say, you know, this campaign got 20 views before we were able to take it down. And it seems kind of boring, but that's kind of the point that you, they want to basically cut them off at their roots before they, they're able to grow and have this whole network. Because once they do have that kind of influence, then, you know, it's able to spread like wildfire. So, you know, a lot of these social networks have been paying a lot more attention now to these, uh, campaigns when they're small and taking action immediately rather than, you know, let's see if this leads to anything first. Um, they've also been working with, you know, the FBI who have been giving them tips constantly on, you know, this, 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 this information network is uh, growing on your platform. Uh, you should investigate on that. They were saying in their October report, about half of the takedowns that they did came from tips from the FBI. Um, so there, there's a lot of that going on. And then, you know, to stop the, the hacking portion of it, you know, campaigns have gotten a lot better at preventing, uh, you know, their, their emails from being leaked. Uh, you know, they have a lot better security measures nowadays. And you can see that, right? You see these reports from Microsoft and Google talking about how we detected this hacking campaign targeting the Biden or the Trump campaign. And they're not successful. So overall, they've just gotten better at pre preventing both the hack and the leaks from, you know, growing. Right. So you went through a lot there. Uh, so I want to kind of nail that down. You, you know, you talked about the work that these companies uh, do with in conjunction with the FBI, with uh, government officials. Like, well, how else do they um, identify some of this content? There's obviously a lot of content on these social networks, right? Millions upon millions of accounts, lots of stuff just popping up. Like, how do they identify? Is it a matter of using AI or human moderators? What, how do they identify some of this stuff? It's a lot of both. Um, AI plays a big part of it. Facebook talks about how, you know, most of the times these disinformation networks that are building on Facebook, most of those accounts are automatically detected and removed. Um, and, you know, they, they do these strategies where they try to um, remake the accounts, both like a different name. So instead of like Alfred Ng, for example, if they made a fake account of that, they would say something with like uh, Schmalfred Ng, like let, let's say. And then, you know, that might get around it. But most of the times these are banned anyway. Um, but, you know, they've been saying that these dis disinformation actors are aware of Facebook and Twitter's tactics now. So they're trying to do off-platform stuff. So they'll make like a fake account and post something on Reddit and say, this is, this is a big deal. Everyone should care about this. They'll purposely target, you know, conspiracy theory focused subreddits and things like that. Um, but what disinformation researchers have found is that 
unless it's on one of these like major platforms and unless it's kind of laundered by a, a respected or a legitimate news source, these campaigns don't really get far. And that's kind of the other step that's really different nowadays is that, you know, newsrooms are aware of these uh, hacked hack and leak operations and you know they're a lot more careful about it now they're not you know just taking anything that comes in and says wow what a what a crazy set of documents we've got to write about this immediately um you know the washington post for example has standards now where you know if they do receive hacked documents the protocol is to kind of question you know what is the point of this why did we receive this who wants who would benefit from this that kind of stuff so it's yeah, it's it's a lot different now. You saw in 2017 with the um, French presidential election, um, hackers accessed you know presidential candidate um, Macron's uh, emails and they released them like two days before the election, and the French media just didn't write about any of it, and you know most of those leaked documents just didn't end up you know causing any kind of election chaos, even though it dropped like two days before the election. Got it. And, you know, you mentioned the work between companies like Facebook and Twitter and the FBI. Are these companies working amongst themselves as well? Like is Facebook coordinating with Google or with Twitter or Microsoft? Like how, how do these companies coordinate in their defense? Yeah. Um, coordination between all these companies is obviously like really important. And I know that, you know, election officials from the FBI and, you know, the Department of Homeland Security, like they have regular meetings with these tech companies to tell them, you know, these are the threats that we're aware of. You should watch out for this just because, you know, the internet is not like an insular thing, right? Like something can't only exist on Facebook. Um, so, you know, there's disinformation campaigns across the board and they are constantly talking with each other, making them aware of, you know, these are the issues that we're dealing with. Are you seeing the same accounts? It's kind of the reason why when you see a takedown report from Facebook, you most likely will see one from Twitter at the same time. And in terms of the attacks, I mean, this is this is China, it's Russia. Like these aren't one-offs, right? Like this, this isn't an instance where they're just they're going, they're attacking during, you know, big moments like this upcoming election. It's more of a consistent thing, right? Yeah, it's been happening every day, probably for like the last four years or so. And you know, they might not be very obvious attacks. You know, a lot of companies or campaigns often talk about, you know, we prevent millions of attacks per day, but like they're not they're not like actual like attacks they're more kind of you send these like pings out to see if they have a certain vulnerability or something like that think of it like a thief like coming in just like you know shaking every doorknob on the on the block to see like which doors are unlocked like they're not it's not like they're preventing thefts like every day or something like that it's more just them seeing what's vulnerable um but yeah i mean we have seen you know emails that are pretending to be you know, from a campaign staffer or something like that headed in to the Trump campaign or headed to the Biden campaign. And that's not going to stop like that. That that happens all, almost every day. And talk about the, the campaigns themselves. You know, you talked about the sort of the success that companies like Microsoft have had with protecting these campaigns. But in terms of like educating staffers, like what, what exactly are the campaigns doing to protect themselves? So this is something that's been going on since, you know, 2017. And I don't really have specifics from the Trump and Biden campaigns themselves. But, you know, in the last four years where I've been talking to um, political staff about this, you know, it, it's it's things like two-factor authentication. It's things like not only protecting their staff accounts, but also protecting their, their main accounts, um, their personal accounts. Um, because, like, hackers aren't just targeting your staff account. Like, they're looking for a way in. 
um, through any means possible. When you look at the uh, 2016 hack, you know, they had access to John Podesta's emails since June and they waited, you know, several months until October to, to publicly release those documents. Um, it's one of those things where it's like it can happen like years or months earlier before the actual drop, like, you know, comes out. Gotcha. And, and, and speaking of Podesta, like those, those emails came out, uh, released to the public and really had a, an impact that we're still feeling now. Like how, how damaging ultimately was that leak? So that leak, you know, really led to a lot of the conspiracy theories that and groups that we're still dealing with today, right? So Pizzagate came out of the Podesta leaks. And if you're unaware of that, you know, um, what it basically was, was that they replaced pizza, the idea of pizza, like in these emails with um, children, because they thought that there was code word for children. And then all of a sudden, there became these conspiracy theories that children were being smuggled and eaten and they were using pizza to replace like as code words for it even though people regularly talk about eating pizza on emails so that kind of bled its way into the QAnon conspiracy theory which you know Facebook recently just banned as a violent extremist group on its platform and yeah, I, th I think the big idea is that, you know, you don't know what will happen with these leaks. You don't know how people will interpret it. And a lot of times it can end up growing into this crazy thing that no one really expected it to grow into. Definitely. And the QAnon, if you want to learn more about it and the very insane and completely unfounded conspiracy theory that QAnon sort of was built around, our, our colleague Oscar Gonzalez has a nice explainer on that. Uh, thanks, Alfred. Appreciate your time. You can read his story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge. And if you'd like to receive direct text messages from me, go to joinsubtext.com slash The Daily Charge to sign up. Also, please subscribe and rate the show. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.